Yakuza. Yakuza. Yakuza Kick Radio. 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 This is the Bulldozer, Matt Tremont. And if there's one place to listen to on the internet every Thursday, 9 p.m., Yakuza Kick Radio. Tremont says so. Who wants some? God help us, Jesus! God and baby, Jesus! Help us. Ladies and gentlemen of fucking America, this is Danny Havoc, and you have been listening to, or possibly are intending to listen to, the Yakuza Kick fucking radio. Fucking, yeah, Yakuza Kick radio. Hell fucking yeah! My name is Justice Payne, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick radio. You're coming to come on this is a brotherhood, and we all stick together. Like my nuts. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. Yakuza Kick Radio, the best yeah. in internet wrestling radio, period, bar none, just like Adam Cole. Everybody's a cunt but me in the world. I don't know what it is. But you go to the back, and you tell your boss that there's a new Yakuza in town. And Yakuza Kick Radio, and we're taking over. Yakuza Kick Radio has risen from the ashes of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. Well, this is Mr. Insanity Toby Fine, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your gym, fella. This is Greg Excellent, bearded dragon in the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, probably watching porn and have this muted. You should be listening to it, Jason Man. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. Give a nigga rope on that cowboy, guys. All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but you couldn't. Now look at that doctor, homie. Fuck that. Black dude. Bullshit, man. Motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Who's next? And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted by J. Cat Morris. You are now listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. It is Wednesday, August 20th, 2014. Welcome to Yakuza Kick Radio. I'm your host, J. Cat Morris. Oh, well, you know, coming via a different location. I guess I'll get into that real quick, you know, before I get uh, rolling with my other topics. Um, you know, first things first, I have a problem with blog talk. Problem is, I can't afford that shit right now. Um, you know, I've gone over this many, many times. It's expensive. It's just $100 a month. And, you know, this time of year especially becomes really, really difficult for me because, you know, I got, uh, you know, one daughter's birthday, September 5th. My twin's birthday, October 1st, and Christmas is around the corner. So some things fall on the wayside, and then I have to catch up. One week I could do this, and one week I could do that. And it just, it was more or less I realized on Saturday, I think it was Saturday I realized that, that, um, you know, blog talk's going to cut me off, like, tomorrow. So I'm like, oh, shit. Well, I definitely don't have that money next week. Um, So, you know, I was more or less going to have to take a hiatus, and, you know, I just reached out to my friend Andrew Carlock, uh, uh, you know, Stern Nation, of course, and, uh, you know, he was he was awesome enough to allow me to do shows on his feed for a few weeks, so, I mean, that's awesome of him, and uh, so, you're still able to hear me babble, um, so that's that, 
Um, so many different things have happened because I, you know, I did a show not this past Sunday, but the Sunday before. So a couple days later, Wednesday rolled around. I didn't have anything to talk about. So actually, a lot of stuff has gone on over the time that I've been gone. Uh, you know, Robin Williams passed away and everything. And, uh, you know, that's it's a real shame because the guy was just an absolute icon as far as an actor goes. And, um, you know, I wasn't like a giant Robin Williams fanatic or anything like that. But he was one of those guys that was just an absolute staple of, you know, along the lines of actors, an absolute icon. You would look at, you know, across the board, you'd see, like, Robin Williams in this, is in this movie. You knew it was going to be done, you know, to the fullest extent. I mean, he, you know, falls right along the lines of those top actors, those, you know, Tom Hanks and, you know, De Niro. And you knew whatever role he was going into, you were getting, you know, 100%. You were getting legit acting. So, uh, you know, he was one of those guys, and he did his comedic roles and stuff, and he'd fall into the full goofy, you know, character acting and, uh, you know, the, the different voices and silly, you know, things he would do. And then, you know, to the serious roles where he would go dark. And, uh, I mean, there was no there was no hiccup in his acting whatsoever, you know. Depending on, you know, what he was doing, he fell into exactly what he was supposed to be. So, you know, it's, it's a shame. Um, the one big thing you could always see that comes off of these type of things, you know, because it was, it was suicide. Um, a lot of people jump all over it on the internet and they, they immediately start speaking reckless and, you know, oh, he's a coward and, you know, anyone who does that selfishness and that, you know, to a certain extent of course, suicide is a selfish act because you leave people behind. But, I mean, when it comes down to it, the people who speak that way really don't know what he could have been going through and there's a lot of things i mean he had health issues that he had to deal with and he had to you know uh, he had to take the weight of those health issues that he was you know having parkinson's coming up and you know he was in the beginning stages of parkinson's and um well at least we we think beginning stages it could have been more advanced than we even know and you know years of depression he had been in and out of rehab which most of that was completely you know, kept quiet. I, you really didn't hear about Robin Williams and crazy rehab stints or anything. He certainly wasn't a Gary Busey as far as the uh, the acting world goes. So, you know, you just never know what a guy goes through. And obviously, you know, money does not, uh, you know, speak for everything. Um, I think the guy was paying something like 50 grand a month for uh, alimony to his first wife. So I don't even know what he's paying to the second one. And, you know, it's just... There's just a lot that comes with a guy's life beyond what you just see on face value. And, you know, people just, they like to judge people. And it's real easy to talk about people when they're dead. I, I think that's a bigger cowardly act than, you know, anybody taking their own life is someone waiting for someone to be gone and then, you know, telling the world, on, you know, what cowards they were. I, I just think it's a terrible thing. And the only people it's going to affect or even be heard by is the people that love them. So, you know, it's just ridiculous shit for people to act that way, but to be expected. Um, what else? Oh, my Niners got the fucking shit stomped out of them on Sunday. I was none too happy with that. Uh, preseason, so, of course, you know, you don't see your main guys. You got, you know, 34 nothing, but Jesus. Um, you know, with the opening game of our, our new Levi's Stadium over in Santa Clara, um, we 34-0, there was a guy died in the stadium. You know, we kicked it off uh, real nice-like. So what can you do? Um, it is preseason. You don't get a lot of those 
you know, starting guys in there. You get them in there for a couple series. But even, like, Patrick Willis didn't play the whole game. You know, Crabtree didn't play. Um, Justin Smith. I mean, the core of our team obviously didn't play its preseason. But, um, you know, a lot of different problems with the game plan and just the way that we handle things on the field. Uh, I mean, coaching-wise and just they just seemed really confused, which isn't good. You could pass you in better players, but you got to have your shit together to a certain extent because that's uh, – that's definitely not a not a good look getting B thirty four nothing. So um, you know, preseason or not, I am super excited because this Friday I'm getting Direct TV. Uh, Comcast has done nothing but fuck me repeatedly. Um, as recent as Monday, I went to watch Raw and there was just a, a black screen. I, I, I had three hours of black screen, which is a uh, you know a nice trick, but um, just wasn't what I was looking to watch. So uh, I was like, all right, good. So I ended up, you know, watching it off the internet or whatever. But it's bullshit. And Comcast is giving me nothing but problems. But, you know, the cost of the thing is ridiculous. You pay twenty something dollars for everything, and it's, it's crazy. I mean, my DVR might be messed up or something, but I've had these problems for a long time with them. It, it skips and glitches and freezes up, and the sound goes out, and you got to, like, rewind it a little for the sound to kick back in. It's just horrible, horrible service, and you pay an arm and a leg to get it. So, you know, I was able to get uh, everybody involved here in the house in a grant, and uh, Friday I get the direct TV, which also includes the NFL season ticket. So, you know, uh, I'm going to be extremely annoying and aggressive on Facebook uh, all season as usual, but I'll be watching every one of my games on my TV rather than through my computer when, you know, we didn't have coverage here in Jersey for the California team. So, there's that. Um, another situation I had got myself into on uh, on Facebook, like I said, over time, I, I seem to be thinning out my Facebook friend list, whether I was really good friends with the people or whether I was just knew them on there. Eventually, just something gets rubbed the wrong way, and then I just move on. I have no problem with cutting anybody off. I really don't. Um, this this one in specific was uh, a friend Span. Now Span is not the the heart of my problem here. I didn't agree with his statement, and that's fine. I mean, you don't have to agree with anything. Um, so it wasn't so much that. It's the other people involved on his page. Like more or less, if you know, if I'm good friends with you and I come over to your house, and every time I show up, you just have these dickheads hanging out at your house. I'm probably going to stop showing up to your house eventually. You know, like give me a call when you're not around these dickheads and, you know, stop by and meet you somewhere or something because, you know, your house is just not the scene for me. So that's much how I viewed it on Facebook. That was my, you know, overall reason for, you know, uh, removing him from my page. But because it wasn't anything he did or said that, uh, you know, to me to that level or anything like that. And I don't even know if offend is the word. I just don't want to, like, even deal with people of, of the likes, the, you know, the, some of the friends he's had on his Facebook. So anyway, here's how it started. Uh, he had posted something, which has been a, a big news story, um, unnecessarily in, in my opinion. Uh, there, there was a Marine who went to Six Flags Great Adventure, and he wore a shirt that had a machine gun on the front of it that was red, white, and blue, and then it said, keep calm, return fire on it. And Great Adventure told him, you can't wear that. Uh, I mean, you gotta, you know, you turn it inside out or, or you gotta go. 
and he refused because, you know, that's what knuckleheads do. But no way, no, not my shirt. So it turned into this whole thing. How dare they do this to a vet? And, oh, you can't even wear a T-shirt, this and that. No, he served for our country. And that. First off, you understand that the gun violence in this country is ridiculous. And a lot of places, especially like a family entertainment place such as Great Adventure, might take a sense and say, you know what, if you have any graphic, of a gun on your shirt, which is, is one of their policies. They, they're going to ask you to change it or put something over it or, you know, it's just one of their, they don't really, you know, run your whole gear and say, hey, I don't like that arm, you know, to, uh, that glove or, you know, they, I, I don't think they really nitpick. But I think one of the main things is they don't want people, you know, putting, you know, having a gun on their thing or, or anything like that. To me, I think it's completely understandable. And as far as the shirt goes, I think it's a stupid shirt. Okay, fantastic. You serve for our country. I respect that. Thank you for your service and everything else. But when you decide that you're going to come home and now you're going to be different than every other citizen and you're going to treat yourself a different way and people are just now supposed to understand your ridiculous actions because you've served, I, I, don't, think, I don't think that's the way to go about it. And there's a lot of, you know, uh, soldiers that have gone over there, they've served. And the old school way of doing things is you'd have a, you know, there's some people who have grandfathers that have served in wars, and they'll never speak of what they saw over there. You know what I mean? That's, that's something, there's a little more of an honor to it. There's a little more of a code to it. To come home and immediately, you know, need to run around in public with a shirt that says, I shot back at the enemy. Like, I, I don't really think that that's, that's a super respectable way to go about things. So, so that's kind of my view on it. I mean, there's a way to go to a theme park, you know, and represent like, Hey, you know, I'm a, I'm a Marine. There's, there's a million different shirts you could wear. You felt the need to wear a shirt that said, I shot at people. That's, I mean, like I said, if it would fall under there, we would rather not see guns on your, on your clothes, uh, heading. And, and, you know, they, they asked him nicely, and then he, you know, we're Iron Changing nothing, fought for this country, and it's like, all right, settle down. It's not, so now we're supposed to make an exception for this? Why? Just because you, you, you served? It just, it doesn't make any sense. And it, it started a shitstorm because I, I, um, you know, put my opinion on it. I said, you know, I think the shirt's stupid. And, uh, you know, uh, perhaps they have a policy on, I said, it's, it glorifies violence. And it does. Whether the violence was something, see, I mean, if, if we go to war and we have every right to go to war and we have something um, to do over there that's defending our country, the way that we are um, executing our side of the war is through violence. So whether it's justified violence or it's not justified violence it's still violence so I, I think when you have to exactly point out that I'm violent for this country <laughs> like I don't, we get it we get what you guys do you don't have to put it out there in plain English in front of all the children in the theme park I'm not where I would see the shirt and go oh my god kids hide your eyes but I do understand the owners of theme parks just taking an overall stance against, you know, something that might, you know, spark up some, some anger. And, uh, you know, 
I just I just thought it was stupid. And there's a lot of other ways that you can you know represent and 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 that type of thing. So, um, I had an asshole pop up on there, and a lot of times what happens is when someone doesn't agree with you, they immediately go onto your page and look at your pictures and look for ammo, and that's exactly what this guy did because he didn't like what I just said. So. He looks at my stuff and he goes, you have 49ers all over your pictures. Nothing glorifies violence in the name of entertainment more than football. <laughs> Should football shirts and emblems be prohibited as well? I'm like, you know, I'm immediately just going, fuck you. I'm sitting in my house being fucking asshole. So I'm like, you know, I'm not anti-military, but your football argument is dumb. I mean, are you really comparing the the sport of football to the act of shooting. I, I think that there's a pretty big difference there. And then it's like, yeah, but still, and, oh, you know, oh, it's, it, it just kept going right back to the well on it, just just continuously. And and, and then the guy said, uh, the, the, what got me riled up is he said uh, something about, uh, I would have a battle of wits with you, but you're in arms. And I'm like, first off, genius, it's unarmed. So maybe you want to get your shit straight if you're going to, you know, say that I'm unarmed in a battle of wits. And uh, so that just started him being a complete retard. And he's like, well, you didn't capitalize that I in in that sentence. It's, it's capital I, not lowercase I. And then I just, like, LOL'd him. I was like, all right. And he went on, like, a few more posts doing the same thing. It's like, I apostrophe am not... I am, and I'm like, you're a fucking retard. <laughs> I was like, I was talking you know, pretty civil with them to that point, and I just said, all right, you're a fucking retard. It's like, oh, now we're calling names. So, so then the next thing was that they went the Fright Fest route, and they started posting the Fright Fest pictures. And I, again, I think there's a big difference between the portrayal of characters and zombies and that during Halloween. In, instead of the middle of summer walking around it with a shirt saying, I shoot the enemy, like, uh, all right, settle down, dude. I don't know why you're so riled up about it still. You shouldn't be in fucking war mode while you're back over here. It's just just my opinion. And, you know, so I, that, that was that, more or less. And then the next day, um, I see he, he posts another, uh, another video of the same exact thing. So I just kind of side and then I said okay is this really that that much of a tragedy that you need to carry on about it for two days and he's like oh it's a freedom of speech issue and I'm like well it's actually freedom of expression seeing as the t-shirt's not speaking to anybody but you know call it what you want and then uh then this other guy he was the biggest of the knuckleheads just started off with the you know you civilians don't know shit about going through the trenches, and then he's another one looking at my pages. You might run your little races, but you don't know anything about how tough it is. And you, like, he just this dude had a whole game plan for how I live my life, and I never met him. My page is private, so all he can see is like whatever my profile pictures have been. <laughs> he somehow gathered wrestling and football, and that I do races. And then he started with, I eat organic food, and I can't handle man food. <laughs> I'm like, I don't really understand where you're getting any of this information from. But And it just became really ridiculous. And this guy was, you know, the one that really needed to be patted on the back every minute of the day. And, like, 
oh, you're welcome, by the way. It's like, okay, dude. I, you're not supposed to serve our country to come back and go, you didn't thank me. Like, you know, to thank someone in the military for their service or who has served, I think is the respectful thing to do. And, you know, I completely understand that, and I've done that many, many times. I just don't think that you're allowed to just come around acting like a jerk-off to everyone you meet for the rest of your life and then screaming you're welcome at them, and they're supposed to go, oh, yeah, that's right. You're not a jerk-off because you've served. That's cool. Uh, you know, I, and it's just that stance that was taken, and it was like every time it just continually went back to it and back to it. It's like, all right, I'm all done with people that even think this way about life because it's, uh, you know, just a little too much for me. So that was that situation. So I was like, you know, I'm going to go ahead and delete Stan. He's got my phone number. He could text me. He could, you know, he can call me, whatever. But the, the forum that he speaks in, I'm really not looking to deal with these fucking people. So... You know, all respect to the military and everything like that. But, like I said, I don't think you should go around acting like a jerk-off. From the guy with the T-shirt who, who can't even see the possibility of it being unreasonable in a family-themed theme park when they say, listen, but, you know, the gums and the shirt, we just don't, you know. And then it's like, oh, well, you, you know, you're sucking on your mom's kit while I was firing guns at the enemy. It's like, oh, wow, why do you, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> just trying to make minimal wage in the fucking theme park here and you gotta be Jesus Christ uh, so uh, I don't know I just I, I thought the situation was stupid and uh, I don't think and you know I've seen news reports on it too and, and they kind of cover it because they were told to cover it but I saw it on Philly I think it was last yesterday or, or something like that because I guess they're making sure it makes the rounds and they're like yeah this guy you know he was uh, kicked out of the theme park for wearing his shirt so on Wednesday, it's supposed to be hotter than it is today. <laughs> well, clearly, that's not a big deal to them either. <laughs> I don't know. It's, uh, you know, just another one of those things. And people, they get mad about censorship, but they're also the most sensitive people in the world to anybody telling them that they can't have their way. It's like it's not necessarily just censorship. I mean, some people are trying to do the right thing. You know, I'm not saying them keeping shirts, you know, with, with guns out of the theme park is going to solve the world's problems, but Jesus Christ, can you just have somewhat of a level head and go, all right, you know, let me get the Bugs Bunny t-shirt from over there. You know, just maybe before you leave the house, say, okay, I'm going to a family-based theme park, you know, I'm bringing the kids. Because, you know, the guy probably had his kids with him, too, and he probably drug his kids out of the park. His daddy's not changing his shirt for nobody. It's like, well, fucking, they, they should say thank you for your service and being a dickhead all the way home because they didn't get to ride the, uh, the Splash Mountain. I don't know. But whatever. It is what it is. Um, the Ice Bucket Challenge. I um I, I wanted to touch on that, too. Um I think the fails are the the most hilarious thing of the whole the whole deal is when uh, you, you get someone up on the deck and they drop the bucket and bounce off a girl's head. Uh, those are hilarious. I saw a couple of those videos on there. It's like a some some website link and there's like twenty something of them that you could just watch consecutively and and laugh hysterically. So those are funny. Um, there's a lot of people judging it too. Everybody should be donating, and everybody should, you know, don't be an asshole and just do the water. You should also donate. Well, the way I look at it is this: the donations have gone up by at least ten million 
from before they did this. So I think it's absolutely a good thing, whether, you know, one person donates out of 10 or, or whatever the case is, it's gone so viral that it's stirred up a whirlwind of, of donations. And I mean, from the celebrities who are dropping, you know, Charlie Sheen dropping 10 grand and, you know, these different people putting big money amounts to the small amounts that are coming from all over the place. The thing is, is you know, I would, I would gladly have, ten, you know, uh, a million and one thousand people talk about Yakuza Kick Radio and only a thousand people show up and listen every week. I'd gladly, I wouldn't bitch about the other million that didn't listen. I'd go, well, fucking keep talking, man. I like my, every week I get a thousand people listening. That would be fantastic. I'd take that any day of the week. So you got to kind of take it for what it is. You know, when the dust settles, how you end up? You end up way ahead of the game and doing something great for charity? Then good. Then do that. I wasn't going to, you know, I'm not going to donate to a goddamn thing. I don't have the money for that. So, but if I did participate in it, and somebody else that saw my thing ended up donating money. Well, then somehow, some way, it ends up raising more money for it. And I didn't, you know, I have never seen this type of, uh, you know, trend start. You see all sorts of trends. You see black dudes lighting themselves on fire in the shower. Uh, that didn't raise money for fucking nobody. <laughs> so this is at least something that some way somehow it is raising money whether it be every dude you see with the ice or you know enough people where it makes a giant impact and it absolutely has made a giant impact i think every you know a fundraiser out there should go and find some goofy thing and hope it trends because shit if you can go up 10 million dollars in in donations well then something's being done right I know people hate when other people get attention and they're having fun and, and all that, but, hey, man, it's absolutely working. So I say, you know, I'm all for it. I'm, I definitely don't have a problem in the world with it. Um, all right, I think I did all my, my early uh, random rambling. I, I think I'll take a little break and uh, come back after this and maybe talk about wrestling. This uplifting cinematic experience. Uh, I've got something important to tell you, man. The big story is... Dig this and dig it deep. What if I had the power to gather all of my favorite MCs with the endless comic book characters and they became arch enemies? Inconceivable, unbelievable, yet as wild as it seems, the Emperor and Stan Lee will coach the two opposing teams. Keep it clean, no bats, no gats, guns, or interference. Comic book characters would go head up with raw lyrics. Now I take whoever might be on break from doing tours and have them sign up for the last Emperor secret war. Sure, for that kind of capacity, we need a crazy large arena that might stretch from West Philadelphia to East Medina. If I'm able, I'd put it on pay-per-view through my label and give free tickets to my neighborhood bums with no cable. Yeah, that sounds fat. Now that we've squared away the propositions, let's begin with the ultimate tough man competition. Set it off, it's the fight of the century. KRS and Professor X would battle each other mentally with rhymes. These two team captains waste no time. Charles Xavier tried to invade Chris Parker's mind. He shot a cerebral probe at Chris's mind, but he missed it. 
Professor X taken out by the Blastmaster's metaphysics. Round two, new fight, words of life, you gotta see this. Locked in Mortal Kombat, it's Doctor Strange and the genius. Yeah, son, he's no match, let that graphic wizard have it. My liquid sword slashes straight through Doctor Strange's magic. Another hero down, and now the score is two to zero. By words from the genius, and he's still my ramen hero. Now the next fight was conducted in a rough-like manner. Specifically between Reggie Noble and Doctor David Banner. Or should I say the Incredible Hulk when he's amped off the gamma? But Reggie Noble soon became the Incredible Red Man and slammed him. You know how Red Man gets when his adrenaline starts pumping. Started skitzing in the ring, so then the thing tried to jump in. Ben Grimm leaps into the ring, and after Red Man, he lunges. But Reggie Noble dropped him with two bricks, and he punches. Bums by the bunches, bums get dirty in the middle dungeons ready to set this like detective colombo with his hunches while the refs clean out the ring because the last fight was so intense let's do a live interview with the brother named common sense yeah yeah it's common sense a nice man tried to freeze me so i took him to chicago and told him to take it easy he couldn't see me with my apple jack hat and high tops colossus and cyclops i got no idea why not look at common sense yo that last album was tight let me get back to the ring and evaluate the next fight now the next fight had to be the craziest of all times we got dr octopus versus the mighty buster rock Ox versus Buster, man, that stuff is dead. He get his eight arms ripped off going up against the drag. Uh-huh. Now, Dr. Octopus, who you think you grabbing? The guard can never lose, so you know it will never happen. Uh-huh. Lyrically making me sleepy, you need a nap when I slap you with my dreads. Lights out, you'll kiss the cat. Before my eyes, I see the demise of another superhero. Next up is Roscox versus Magneto. Now anything goes with Magneto battles foes But Roscos had him shivering, delivering ultra-magnetic blows Magneto is now deceased, but a wise man said it best The sun rises in the east, but they can still set it in the west And with all these heroes down, Stanley refuses to surrender He got stormed from the X-Men as if I couldn't match the gender Stanley shouts, Excelsior. yo Stan, you best to chill There's no match for Storm. I guess he's never heard of Lauren Hill Now we all know Storm controls the temperature and weather Started running off at the lip and El Book was like Whatever She just got home from tour, she's a bit too tired to spar So she clocked Storm over the head with my man Wyclef's guitar. All silence has ceased. Out of nowhere comes the beast versus J. Wu, the damage of the Black Prophet from the East. Releasing rhymes that will pound you into the ground. There'll be no round two. Another victory for hip hop by the dirty rotten scoundrel. Now, the underground sewer system that lies deep below the ring is where the teenage mutant ninja turtles and Dos effects do their thing. Leonardo and Donatello, they well know that we can do this. So, kicking the crazy crazy, hit them both with raw. So, it. Now, Raphael and Michelangelo, those two other sewer brothers, book smacked them with the Dos effects logo, the manhole cover. Whether you're plant or animal, that's before you step the DOS effects, you best be hard like a criminal Taking you back to ringside just when you thought it was over The last battle was brought forth by G.I. Joe and Cobra Mercenaries and soldiers, G.I. Joe was rolling thick But I'll get the military of hip-hop, a.k.a. the boot camp click World War 3 for 98 in the wake of all these troops I could see General Buckshot going toe-to-toe with Duke Salute the captain for rapping, cause now we know who's hard Catching rep like stealing tech up against the Crimson Guard Charging after you, smashing you Metaphorically bashing through the entire Joe team is OGC and Ruck the irrational. Then all of a sudden I hear this real loud crack. The military punish your big rock just broke roadblocks back. And insult to injury to Stan Lee and his team. We've got Weapon X from Canada, aka Wolverine. You know the routine. His claws can rip rappers for days. But here comes the method man, aka Johnny Blaze. Wolverine, you can't hang when the cow doesn't stink. Paralyze you with the venom from the method man's fang. This is the final battle as the stratosphere gets darker. We got Nasir Jones versus Peter Parker. Nasty Nas, the halftime headbringer versus the web slinger. Illmatic versus radioactive in the rotten apple with a deadlinger. He cursed the day that Spider ever bit him and gave him a copy of the second LP it was written. For all up and coming MCs, I've got a question. If I made a Secret Wars part two, would your name even be mentioned? Would you make the final cut? I make the nicest get their titles up. Writing rhymes slash fighting crimes like the Blue Falcon and Dino Mutt. Stick around for the next battle slash adventure. And if you see Stan Lee, tell him the last emperor sent you. Sent you. Sent you.
back. Uh, I got actually just a little over two weeks till my Spartan race. Um, I'm really, really excited, looking forward to that. I'm training my ass off. Last week I was at the gym five days straight. Uh, my girls went up to New York for, to see some family. I'm missing them like crazy. So I couldn't get to the gym while they're gone. Uh, so, you know, doing some different things at home, but uh, looking to definitely get back into the gym towards the end of this week. And, uh, man, I'm I'm getting so, so serious with this shit. I'm uh, definitely excited to do the Spartan race. It's one of the uh, two biggest. The one I just did was pretty badass. And then uh, Spartan race and then Tough Mudder the next month. So looking forward to it. Uh, don't you do SummerSlam. Uh, they started off with the pre-show, uh, RVD versus Cesaro. And I didn't really, I was still kind of settling in and, trying to get myself together or whatever so i really really didn't see much of it other than uh rvd1 which i'm having a little bit of a trouble you know trouble with i I don't understand it um rvd supposedly is gone again uh till not really sure when like he's you know he's got to leave again and you know get his health right or get whatever right uh he, he was here to just more or less you know boost some talent and you know put in some work but he wasn't here for like a long stretch, kind of like a Jericho deal. And uh, from what I hear, he's, he's gone again for a while. So why put him over Cesaro on a pre-show to begin with is crazy, why they're even on the pre-show. But, um, you know, to put him over him, I, I really don't understand what they're doing with Cesaro. I mean, Cesaro was getting over. I mean, they did the whole thing with the uh, Andre the Giant Battle Royal thing. And at that point, you know, they had him with uh, Coulter. And um, it seemed like they were turning him the face, which was weird because, you know, they had him doing the big swing thing and the fans were popping for him and he was reacting like a face to the fans. And then more or less immediately after, they made him a Paul Heyman guy, which was like, well, then then he's not a face. So what, what are they doing? So then they kind of kept him there for a little bit. And still, you know, kind of pushing him, but not, not really leaning as much towards the face. But it was, it was weird. It was almost like an overnight decision where on the pay per view he was a, he was turning face, and then the next night on Raw they started doing the Paul Heyman thing. So I really didn't get it. Um, and then following that they did the Paul Heyman thing, and then they kind of trailed off of that and had him going up to Triple H saying, "Oh, can I be with you guys? You know, uh, with the." And, you know, he just kind of shrugged them off like, yeah, whatever, go wrestle uh, John Cena, fuck that guy. And uh, it was weird. And I don't know, I get this feeling, too, that sometimes they keep rubbing that uh, John Cena can't wrestle card. And I think it definitely impacts things. I don't know if it affects guys' jobs backstage, but I know it definitely affects Cena's performance because... um, you know, they start with the you can't wrestle thing, and even that night, um, Cesaro had a, you know pulled that out and said something about Cena can't wrestle, and he'd, he'd teach him how to actually wrestle and stuff like that. And if you remember, this is the first time we saw Cena do the Hurricane Rana since he wrestled CM Punk, and he kind of had to step his game up in that match. You know, a lot of people were saying he couldn't wrestle then, and. Um, you know, he he would pull out some fancy little moves that you wouldn't see in Cena's other matches. So you saw more of that and Cena really trying to pull out a bunch of moves just to try to kind of prove himself, which is crazy. Because when you're 
as over as John Cena, you wouldn't figure someone would be like, yeah, well, watch what I could do. You wouldn't think your status would drop to that, you know, uh, that uh, immaturity, more or less, to be, like, reacting to it that way. It just surprised me. Um, but, you know, obviously, and I'll get to the Brock Cena thing towards the end of this, but, you know, people really kind of downgrade the punishment that he takes, and I, I don't know. I don't know if that's something I'm just trying to read into, you know, he was last seen, like, you know, someone gets killed, you're like, where was he last seen? You're like, oh, he's last seen talking shit to John Cena. Well, fucking, let's go question that guy. And uh, I don't know. I don't know if that's something to do with it, if there's some backstage heat there. Uh, but it's just weird because it's, it's just like a huge deep push and to be jobbed to somebody who's leaving on a dark you know, on the pre-show, just definitely doesn't seem like a guy that they have any direction for at all. So I'm kind of interested to see what they do with him. Hopefully it's not a, you know, future endeavoring. But, um, yeah, so then they start off the main show. Uh, the first thing I notice is, well, there's a, there's a German announce table. And I, you know, immediately I'm trying to go, oh, he just got put through the German announce table. I'm like, that doesn't have the same doesn't have the same flow to it and as the uh, Spanish announce table that they always just move people out of the way and throw people through and then I'm like oh and it's funny too because I said well maybe if it was a German suplex to the German announce table then that would flow a little better not thinking that they were going to do 8,000 German suplexes towards the main event but uh, you know and I don't I still don't understand what the German announce table was there for or what that's all about I personally thought if it's just a gimmicky thing, because I didn't, I didn't know that Germany had just, you know, the, the largest wrestling following that they would need their own announce table. Um, and figure maybe even with Kenta coming in, they would do a Japanese announce table. But um, beyond that, if you were going to do some kind of gimmicky thing with another country's announce table, wouldn't you want to do Russia? You know, uh, you know, pushing the uh, the whole angle with uh, you know Lana and Rusev. I just figured that would that would tie in a little better if you were just trying to randomly add, you know, another announce table. Uh, I don't know. I'm sure there's some explanation for it, but I have no idea. Um, then you immediately notice that they're advertising the network on the network, um, <laughs> which is just the strangest thing ever. It's like showing a trailer for the movie you're about to watch. I... I don't really understand that. I understand them pushing it and pushing it and just brutally pushing it on Raw, as annoying as it is. I get it. They're trying to sell a product. Um, you know, some of the tactics they're doing, it definitely cheapens their characters when the characters are out there going, oh, I'm going to see you on Sunday, and you can see that for nine ninety nine. Like, you don't really need to know the prices of the thing. Like, even when they, you know, they send bands out and, yeah, you'll see them go on different shows. They generally don't tell you the price of the tickets. They'll usually tell you the venue and you know where you can go to get them. But they don't have to go. Hey, it's going to cost you fourteen seventy three. It's like all right, you know, you don't have to be the guy who punches the tickets at the booth. You could just be the performer and uh, let them let them figure out how much the tickets are going to cost. So, so, especially when everybody else on the show is shouting out the price of the thing. You could leave the performers just saying, "Hey, yeah, check us out on the network." You don't really have to nine ninety nine, but you know they've they've turned it into a whole thing where they're trying to be cute and funny and you know annoying about it. Uh, so it is what it is. But um, 
and I don't know what I if I missed any because I'm kind of all over the place with these pay per views. But um, I mean, overall, I definitely enjoyed it. Uh, Ziggler won the IC belt. I'm hoping they're able to, you know, actually keep a a good push on him because he's another one of those guys that they just just yo-yo book like. One month he'll be up and he'll get the fans behind him and it really seems like he's on a roll. I'm like, oh, good, they're finally going to give Ziggler something. And then they just dark match, you know, <laughs> or, uh, you know, pre-show pay-per-view match. And, you know, half the time they'll do that with those titles, too. We'll have an IC pre-match title defense on, on a pay-per-view, you know, where there's three Divas matches. It's just, it's crazy with these belts sometimes. But, uh, it's good to see. I can only hope the best, you know, that they do well with them. I really, really dislike this whole Miz character that he's doing right now. Uh, never been a giant Miz fan, but he plays a good, you know, arrogant dickhead deal. But um, this this one right here is really grating on me for some reason. Um, uh, Paige beat AJ, and um, this this was cool. I mean, I thought it was a pretty good match. I thought the counter and the finish was really good. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Paige's finish, her other finish, had come off sloppy a lot of times. Like, when she won the title from AJ on that quick quick match that they had there, you know, pretty much one-move match, that came off sloppy, which I criticized because they said, you know, if you're going to hit one move for a finish and take a title off of someone that's had the title for that long, you better stick that finish. I mean, it's just, and if it comes off half, you know, half-assed, pick him up and hit a, hit a stronger move. I know it's your finish, but really that was kind of her debut in, in, you know, WWE. She was doing tons on NXT, but they didn't know any different. She could have hit something else. And, and I didn't, I didn't like it. I forget, uh, I'm trying to think of whose move it's similar to, but I've seen other people do a similar move, and you can really fold somebody up with that move if you do it right. But if you don't, it it, it looks really ridiculous. And uh, the way she hit that uh, that fisherman DDT, that was badass. Um, you know, it, as soon as I saw AJ lock in the submission like that, I was like, oh fuck, here we go. That's that, uh, and you know, it just would have became kind of boring again uh, and I, I like AJ far more than I like Paige but um, I, you know you, you can't just continually have her mowing everybody down and building them up and then just she just mows them down and it was weird because she had it for all that time they used Paige more or less transitional so AJ could take time off and then uh, yeah, AJ came back and won it right back so it just seemed like she was like a placeholder and from what I'm hearing now uh, AJ's leaving again so uh, the only thing that bothers me about that, too, is it shows, like, a real lack of confidence in the rest of your defense division. If you more or less have to pull somebody up from NXT, give them the belt until your one female star gets back, give her the belt back, you know what I mean? Like it, just, it just seems like they had nothing else other than the one person who wasn't there you know, to do something with. And, they, you know, they tried the thing with Alicia Fox, and that fell flat. I haven't seen her in weeks. Um, it's, you know, I'm not the most loyal WWE watcher. Like some, some weeks I skim through it in a half hour on my DVR, and some, you know, some weeks I'll actually fully watch a whole lot of it. Um, but I always skim it. And, um, 
you know, I don't know. They, they've tried to do a few things, but they really haven't invested in any of it. AJ's the one thing that they've successfully done and made someone look really good in, in the female division. I mean, you got the the, uh, the Diva show kicks, and it just seems like a separate entity. Like, they're not really using that as their their women's title picture, which I think is good because the, uh, the Total Diva show is definitely not... Uh, the definition of women's wrestling. There's there's far better women's wrestling going on than you know someone ringing their doorbell and smacking them on the porch. I mean that's not it's it's definitely not a good definition of you know professionalism at all. They act like dumb whores on that show, and uh, there are legitimately good female athletes that you know should be seen as such. But if you just immediately tie that into your women's title picture, yeah, it kind of all blends together. But uh, which is crazy because now that that Diva show has taken off, I, I believe they're making like crazy Kardashian money per episode. So if you think about it, they're probably pulling in more money than you know uh, half of the wrestlers on the card who are doing house shows and everything else and abusing their body all over the country, traveling from here to there. They, you know, do two episodes about, uh, you know, someone lost their cat and the other one's mad because the other one didn't tell their brother about uh, an ex-husband or some shit. They're making more money than the guy that's, uh, you know, wrestling four times a week. So it's it's, uh, a little bit of a slap in the face to the guys busting their ass. But, you know, it is what it is. I mean, that's, that's, I guess, the nature of television these days. Reality shows are... Uh, some of the highest money-making things out there, which is crazy because, you know, all the production and the things that are put into actual legit sitcoms and and those different things, you know, fall completely short of what a cheesy little reality show will pull down. So, I don't know. It's something else. But, um, yeah, I I thought that was good. Like I said, Paige winning with that finish, I thought was awesome. Um, that that fisherman DDT was was definitely sweet. So um, I just hope that they they come up with something uh, in the female division that's gonna allow them to. I don't even like calling it the divas division because I immediately think about the stupid show. But um, yeah, the women's division that they actually put something together that you get some good matches out of it instead of just dangerous stuff that stem off the uh, the divas show. Uh, Rusev won over Swagger, and um, I I don't know. I've heard tons of bashing of the guy. I love Rusev. I think he's, he's absolutely great in the ring. Um, I think the gimmick is great because it's, I mean, anyone who calls the WWE product PG these days is clearly not watching it. Because when the different things that are going on in Russia legitimately, and, you know, when the United States is like, teetering on whether they want to really like go at it with Russia you know for you to have an on TV character saying like your com- your country ain't shit Russia's the best that's that's definitely pushing the lines by far and um, I-, I think it's great just because I like seeing the lines pushed I like to see characters taken to that next level where not everything has to be child oriented and PC and stuff like that and when Linda was doing her political campaigns you wouldn't have seen anything remotely close to this I mean there's no maybes about it they they wouldn't cross any lines and they you know 
people like to make a lot of excuses for why the PG era was what it was, but the minute Linda was off of uh, her political campaign, people were calling people bitches on TV almost immediately. Um, you know, they had The Rock come back, and he was dropping a bunch of bitches, this and that, and, uh, you know, you know the, the sexual references when he's, you know, talking shit about Vicky and all sorts of things, and it was just just right around that time where things were wrapping up with Linda. So, and it's it's increased since. And like the Wyatt thing wouldn't have been happening back then. Um, there's a lot of different things that they've done that just wouldn't wouldn't have went in that direction. Um, so, I think it's it's out of the the uh, PG water for sure. Um, you know, they'll always have a lot of things they try to steer towards kids. But no, I mean, even uh, you know, Mike's Hard Lemonade is a sponsor. They wouldn't have took that sponsor a year ago, two years ago, when they were PC pushing any kind of alcohol on the TV. No, no way. So, um, you know, there's a lot to change. But Rusev, I think he's a great worker. Um, you know, I mean, you can criticize that he doesn't look Russian. Okay, fine. But um, the guy, you know, he, he's a powerful dude. He's able to do a lot in the ring for his size, you know, with pretty much minimal shoes on as well, I mean, for what that's worth. And um, the guy fucking sells his ass off. He sold that ankle lock from the beginning of the match till the end of the match. He hit up with that ankle lock in the beginning of the match, acted like he couldn't even continue. Great, great sell. Old school shit. And the entire match sold it to the point where he had a hard time locking in his own, his own finishing submission because his ankle was so banged up towards the end of the match. I mean, that that he had the storytelling in that match down completely. And, and I don't know. I, I got to give that guy a million points credit for what he's doing out there. Uh, I just I don't see where the hate comes from. Uh, there's just, uh, you know, I just haters going to hate, as they say. But that dude definitely can do a lot in the ring. And, you know, selling like that, a lot of that's a lost art. People don't really get that, and, uh, you know, people like to see move after move after move, and I like a lot of that action flick wrestling, like the PWG stuff, too. I, I really do. I'm not one that's going to criticize that stuff. I know that there's a lot of people who do, but I highly, highly enjoy that. But to see a match where a guy does sell a move, like, you know, it's that's some serious shit. I mean, even with him winning... He made Jack Swagger look like a million bucks because he made it look like you're lucky to scrape yourself through the match if he gets that ankle lock on. So, I mean, it's it's what helps develop these characters and continues to keep them strong over the years. If you can have matches with somebody else that makes your offense look like it'll cripple you. So, I I don't know. I, I was big on that. Um, Rollins beat Ambrose in, uh, you know, he hit him with the briefcase. It was a good match. I liked it. Um, I didn't understand what the reasoning for the lumberjack thing was. If they were going to allow these guys up into the fucking the, the upper deck, I, I mean, if you have a lumberjack match where obviously the in a lumberjack match they're supposed to keep you in the ring, and somehow every other match doesn't reach a higher elevation in the in the uh, in the arena than the Lumberjack match. Like, they went further into the crowd in the Lumberjack match than they went in any other match on the show. It kind of doesn't make as much sense. You know, they they eventually carried them back to the ring, but they really kind of lost control there. You had a whole lot of guys around the ring, and then you 
these guys are running around selling peanuts in the upper deck. I, I don't understand. Uh, you know, a little much there, but, you know, I'm a huge, huge uh, Dean Ambrose mark because, you know, we I just continuously watched him month in and month out of CZW. And, you know, just to see the dude on TV doing his big shit. And now he's got a movie role. So um, I believe that's why they're taking him off TV with the, the cinder block thing. Uh, now he's got a movie role where he's starring in a WWE production, which you know, WWE productions are what they are. But to be the main guy in any kind of movie, you know, in a couple of years ago, he was, you know, uh, main eventing CZW in front of a couple hundred people. So, you know, a little bit of a personal connection there just because I saw the dude so constantly. I'm not like a dude that's going to say I was friends with him or anything like that. Just a fan, I mean. But it's really cool to see any of those guys. And, and I feel the same way about a lot of different guys that I watch, you know, monthly on CZW. If they go make it, I'm like, you know, that, that's one of our guys. Um, as uh, Maven Bentley will point out every single week on Monday and Friday. I often forget that there's wrestling on on Friday until I see Maven Bentley posting that the guy used to be in GZW. That'll, that'll remind you every week. Um, you know, but Sammy Gallahan's another guy. When he comes up from the developmental, I mean, it, it's going to be fucking awesome. I actually got to get myself one of those mock shirts because he actually has shirts now. And that's when you know you started to really make it. When you have a WWE zip-up jacket. Uh, pretty cool. Um, and, it, and it's cool, too, because uh, he had they're letting these guys be a lot more of what they were. That's another big, big thing. It's not like they're taking a guy you knew on the indies and then dressing them in, you know, uh, you know, a carnival barker uh, uniform and saying, well, now this is his deal. I mean, they're changing names up and stuff like that, but uh, Dean Ambrose is John Moxley. I mean, he is he's doing his gimmick. He's wearing, you know, a lot of, like, the street clothes, and his promos are right on point for what he was. They're staying a lot more consistent with what they were before, so it's like you can just continue to enjoy what you were enjoying on the indies on the big screen, and that's that's so cool. Even I noticed the zip-up jacket uh, before he went to WWE, he had a shirt that said uh, it was like the parental advisory shirt, and it said uh, "explicit mox violence" or whatever on it. And you see the back of his shirt; it says like. Uh, I think it says Dean Ambrose and then unstable in the middle, but it's like the parental advisory label. So, you know, a lot of things are staying extremely close to what, you know, you're used to. And I think that's really cool shit. Um, let me see. Uh, Bray Wyatt won over Jericho. Um, I just, I really like Bray Wyatt's work. I mean, his, his expressions in matches, his intensity, uh, the promos he's been cutting. I mean, he's, he's just, an intense dude. I really, really enjoy his work. Um, the dude could kind of do no wrong in my eyes. I mean, it's just, there's so many characters that don't go all in, you know, over the years you see these half invested characters and you, you get like enough of what they're going to be, their identity. And then it's just more or less standard issue matches. And, uh, you know, just kind of bland characters. Like, what the fuck is Randy Orton? Well, what is he? You just go, oh, he's a viper. Like, okay, I mean, he's not Jake the Snake Roberts, so he doesn't have an actual tie-in with snakes. Uh, what? What is he? Like, what do you mean? And he just kind of, he's kind of a generic wrestler. I mean, he he has his moves and he has his things he does, but, I mean, what, 
what exactly is his persona. So, but Bray, Bray Wyatt, a guy like that, there's no question about it. Like, his character speaks through his wrestling, his promos, every time you could you could completely feel the, you know, what he's trying to put out there comes through 100%. There's really no, oh, man, I wonder what they're doing with this guy. You could see every bit of what they're doing with him. And I, I just really enjoy his work. Um, Jericho, I'm, I've always been kind of on and off with. Um, I, and I love what he does for the WWE right now because when he's off touring, he just comes in and is like, all right, what do you want me to help out? And he'll just go in there and try to make another guy look stronger, have a little back-and-forth feud, and he'll put the other guy over pretty much every time before he leaves. And then that's that's it. He, he did his thing. He'll go back on the road with his band and come back and, you know, poke in and have a little quick little feud with whoever else and he just always leaves with the other guy looking strong so I, I gotta love Jericho for that um, definitely you know some of my favorite times were, with Jericho were, were the WCW days where he was wrestling all the cruiserweights and stuff so that's I mean those were my favorite times for him when he came in and he he was feuding with The Rock and uh, he was the unified champion that was like a huge pop for me just because you know, he was the guy that I was watching and enjoying with all the cruiserweights and stealing their masks and, you know, just, just wrestling all those guys. Um, so I, that's, you know, a big, big thing to me. Over the years, he kind of got a little stale to me. I liked his promos, but a lot of them were same old, same old, ever and the catchphrases and all that. But like I said, I, I love his role now and how he's, he's pretty much just down to help people out while he's there and, and you know, go back to doing what he, he's doing. So much respect to that. Um, Stephanie McMahon uh, went in and had uh, Nikki turn on Bree and uh, won that match. I was really surprised to see how well Stephanie worked that match. Really surprised because, I mean, I, what was her last match, like 10 years ago? I mean, it, it's been a long, long time. She's been completely inactive, and uh, I mean, I think her promo ability is still absolutely horrendous. She sounds like a speaking spell uh, most of the time, especially when she gets angry on the mic. She she definitely sounds like a speaking spell. But uh, you know, I just was happy to see that she actually, you know, put in work. She looks like she had complete control of the ring. Uh, she was dominating. Bree and it, and it looked convincing it didn't look like someone who's been out of the ring for 10 years so she must have been doing some pretty intensive training to make sure she had her shit together because it, it would look stupid if you're an on air personality especially of authority and you have once in a while matches you can't look like complete garbage otherwise you're going to come back out next week and be like I told you this well, what are you going to do fucking trip over an Irish whip and you know, what are you going to do? Try to lock up with me and grab my head? I mean, what are you going to do? But, like I said, I was happy with the fact that uh, she actually looked well in control of things. Um, so, how was that? Uh, Orton, uh, Roman Reigns, like I said, Randy Orton, I just, I can never follow him. I usually, as soon as I see him coming out in the match, I kind of tune out. I like Roman Reigns. I like what he's doing. Um, the one thing about Randy Orton I'll always always love is uh, his fucking power slam is just insane. Uh, he's got one of the quickest power slams I've ever seen. It's awesome. But, um, you know, it was what it was. 
and uh, you know they're, they're pushing range, and uh, yeah, that's fine. Um, last match, fucking Lesnar with fucking sixteen German suplexes on on Cena. I just I didn't. I liked it. I liked it a lot, but I thought there were definitely points where Lesnar could have made it look better. Um, well, first off, on a side note, Brock Lesnar does not work his legs whatsoever. Like, holy shit. Like, his ankles are the same size as his calves. This is the dude that, and I'm a big fan, so I'm not just talking shit on the dude. Uh, and, you know, I, I understand he is one of the baddest men on the planet. There's no question about that. He, it doesn't matter what his legs look like. He can kill the majority of the people you've ever known or seen in your life. But um, that fucking guy, holy shit, he's got these ridiculously pale sticks for legs and his giant fucking upper body. Uh, it, it's, it's insane. I, I never noticed that. I don't know if he just stopped working legs within the past couple of years or... I know he wears, like, the track pants a lot when he has the run-ins and does stuff like that, so it's clear, I guess that's what he's hiding. But uh, I hadn't realized that until then, and I, I couldn't stop looking. I'm like, what the fuck, man, with these legs? I feel like they're going to break just carrying the top half of them. But, um, holy shit, but uh, 16 German suplexes is fucking insane. And, again, it goes back to the people that John Cena can't wrestle and stuff like that. Well, you know... He's obviously no, you know, technical wizard, and he's not going to do a bunch of things that amaze you. Um, if you can take 16 German suplexes, you are a motherfucking professional. Uh, that dude, I don't care how much HGH or steroids or whatever the fuck he's on, that dude is hurting. That dude was absolutely hurting bad the next day. I mean, that night as well, I'm sure. But that that is no joke for anybody. I don't give a fuck who you are. 16 German suplexes and for Cena's status in the company and in wrestling in general to just okay that shit is fucking nutty because he looked like he looked like a jobber he looked like an absolute jobber there was nothing about Cena that looked like he, he was even holding the title when he walked into that match I, there was nothing that made him look like he could have won the match um, I mean if yeah, a lot of people were saying once he locked in that STF, they were like, oh, here we go. But if he would have won with that after all those fucking suplexes, Brock would have looked like absolute shit because he, he just destroyed Cena. So to turn around and be like, all right, one submission, huh? he's out of here. No, it, it, it couldn't have happened that way. Although I will say, when he had that submission in and Brock's selling and Brock's selling, like, oh, it's fucking hard. And then last minute, he fucking flipped over like a like a twelve year old had that submission on him. Like he just completely shit on John Cena's submission. Rather than like just fighting out of it and going back to his brutality, he just fucking flipped over like no one was holding him. <laughs> like I was like, oh, that's fucked up. <laughs> like I felt bad for Cena on that one because suplexes all that other shit you set up in the match, but he's got the submission and you're like, oh god, oh god, oh god. You know what? Fuck you. Just flips over like yeah, I don't, that should never hurt to begin with. Uh, I was like, oh, he just, he just fucking destroyed his submission. But um, you know, they'll they'll go back and completely push, uh, you know, push Cena back to winning everything he steps into. So it doesn't, 
it won't really hurt Cena, but man, oh man, this is going to be one to go back. Anytime that you're tired of Cena, anytime that you, you, you know, hate Cena or you really don't want to see him, and just go back and watch this match again because that shit was a fucking beating. Man, that shit, that shit didn't even make sense. I was just like, what? <laughs> They're not giving him any offense. This is, this is something else. Uh, just, have you ever seen Kota Ibushi wrestle a um, a blow up doll in um, oh, what show did he, he do that in? I don't know. But if you uh, even just type into YouTube Japanese wrestler wrestles a blow up doll, you'll see he wrestled a whole match with it, doing all sorts of flipping pile drivers and and, and all sorts of moves, many more moves than you would expect him to be able to do with um, a blow up doll and. Uh, that that's kind of what Cena's role in this match was was just a uh, just a dummy. He just launched him all over the ring, and, and Brock was having fun with it, man. Like when he stood up, <laughs> when he sat up and did the Undertaker talk, and just started laughing, sticking his tongue out. I mean, that shit was funny as hell. I mean, Brock knew that there was just no there is no Cena getting anything going in that match. There was, there was no plan of it. There was no nothing. There was just absolute destruction. And uh, I, I enjoyed it. Definitely enjoyed it. And I, and as well as enjoying it because, you know, I'm not a huge Cena fan, I'll also say, God damn, fucking props to Cena because, man, that that's, that's abuse and you got to sign up for that shit. That shit doesn't just happen to someone with John Cena's status. You got to be like, yep, fucking murder me at 16 yeah that sounds about right um it's crazy i wonder if they're gonna work uh the 16 time world champion into the fact that he did 16 german suplexes because if you know ends it back from brock he's been the 16 time world champion he could tell him that 16 suplexes don't matter when you've won the belt 16 times so i wonder if that's that's the next move um raw um couple quick things because I kind of skimmed over it between like late last night and a little bit today but uh, I thought Stephanie continues to do some pretty good shit even though like I said most of her promos are like a speaking spell and just bore me to tears but uh, her coming out with the Steph 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 shirt to Daniel Bryan's music I thought was really good um, I thought that was hilarious um, Mark Henry is so ridiculously fucking good. He he made Rusev look like a little dude, and uh, it's crazy because I mean, uh, Jack Swagger's a big dude, but even him and Rusev looked like all right. But but yeah, Mark Henry stood out there, and you're like, man, Rusev's neck is small. <laughs> you never thought that before, but standing next to Mark Henry, you're like, wow, that's that's not as big as I thought. And uh, yeah. It, they should have a good feud. They could definitely have a good feud. They're going to have to pull more, you know, underhanded tactics where Lana gets involved and maybe jabs him with the, you know, the, the, the end of the flag and shit like that to really swerve him, you know. Um, but, yeah, I think they could work a good feud. Um, and uh, what else happened? Uh, the Gold Dust and Stardust thing, I don't know why they're not calling them Gold Star, but... Um, they, they, they can't seem to find a name for it, but it, I don't know. I thought it was pretty uh, self-explanatory. But uh, 
you know, I'm fine with them winning the titles. It seems like that's where they're headed with it. They won a non-title match and all that stuff. I'm fine with it. I like the tag team a lot. I, a lot of people hate it, but I don't know what... Cody Rhodes had fallen into a very plain character, kind of like I was saying, where he get, he'll have somewhat of an identity, but then he's just kind of a plain character. There's no gimmick. There's no anything about that. And, um, you know, I know back in the day, he had Christian Candido, no gimmicks needed. But I, I think, you know, the majority of wrestling needs gimmicks. You don't, not everyone could be Chris Candido and just be a pure wrestler and no gimmick. And, um, that's, uh, what I feel like he kind of fell into. They tried the mustache thing. They tried the bag thing. They tried the, the, all sorts of things. The the uh, you know the mask. They tried all sorts of things with them, and they all worked. But then they scrapped them, and then they moved on. And everything they try to throw at him, he seems to get over pretty well. And I think he's doing fantastic with this. He kind of looks like a Jim Carrey character, but um, you know, I mean, he's he's playing it really well. I just don't know what people were so married to about his old gimmick, which was no gimmick. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, I hate that, I hate that. Those guys can wrestle, but I don't like the gimmick. Why? Because of, because of what else was happening? Because there was nothing going on. And Goldust is already doing his Goldust gimmick, so I, you know, his brother having a matching gimmick, eh, it fucking couldn't hurt. I can't see them being full characters is a bad thing. I mean, it's just me. Uh, you know, some some things annoy people, and that's understandable. You know, different strokes, but uh, yeah, I think it's cool. I think they're a fantastic tag team, and uh, you know, winning the tag belts couldn't hurt. And, you know, they had the Usos have held it for a while. You thought the Wyatts were going to win it; they, they steered right away from that. So, um, you know, it seems like where they might be going with it. And I'm definitely not against it. I like the tag division to stay strong. So the more that these teams get built up and look like credible contenders, the happier I am because a lot of times it's just one track minded. This team is the supreme team. The other teams are swapping and out. I mean, Ryback is is one of the most destroyed characters in the WWE. Uh, he was a guy who was one on one with Cena and looking as strong as Cena, if not stronger. A guy who Cena kind of had to get away from at times, and Cena fucking completely, you know, he won over him, and then Ryback was never the same booking-wise. Uh, when they turned Ryback heel, it was it was ridiculous, because he was over like crazy with the fans, and it just died. The fans still wanted the chance, beat me more, and it was just like, Garth, don't want you to say that anymore. He just had to, then they, they played the bully gimmick, but it just it didn't work. It didn't work at all. And then by the time that they finally got around to this tag team thing, he was already a destroyed character. You understand they had uh, Ryback and Curtis Axel against Roman Reigns with Roman Reigns getting the win. Ryback used to fight three people at once. Now he's with another guy fighting one guy and losing. Come on, man. That's the ultimate change of momentum is needing another guy to fight one guy when you used to be three guys on your own and they used to weekly bring in several different guys for you to beat and feed me more and now it's like oh I need help eating this food uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ can I, you want to split this go from feed me more to like you want to split this I'm not all that hungry Jesus um, 
So, I mean, him, those guys as a tag team, they, they need a lot more to establish themselves as some kind of credible because Curtis Axel's always been a joke, and Ryback is just, like I said, been a destroyed character. He's not like the threat he should be. Um, at that size, and already they already had him built up to a status where he was a threat, and then they killed it. Um, and he, he can't blame Cena. That's all direction of storylines. They they could have came off that that Cena feud and still had him looking strong. He got beat by Cena, who's one of the most you know highly booked guys in the company. That's not like a huge knockdown, but they just knocked him down in the booking immediately afterwards. So it's, that's you know that's gonna be what it's gonna be. Uh, and then. Uh, who else tag team wise? The Usos are strong. Uh, the Wyatts are strong. Um, I'm trying to think of you know the, the Gold Star over there. They're they definitely you know have some some definite potential to be a strong you know strong book tag team. They they booked they also booked them weak for a while in order to come up with the Stardust gimmick where they had them lose and then uh, he said you know I'm not good enough for you and then they started patching in other tag teams. You know, other, you know, partners in order to try to, you know, build up that eventually comes back and now it's now it's ending gold dust with the new gimmick. Um, so they kind of you know toyed around with that tag team for a while before they settled into what it is now. So I, that's why I think it, it it has room to still build a lot more strength and be a lot more of a you know credible tag team. Um, that uh, I I don't really know what they're doing with the new Nation of Domination thing. I don't see them being much stronger than three man band. I really don't. Um, you know, when you build a stable and then completely leave them off of pay per view, it's clear that you you have no interest in actually doing anything with them. It's just it's just a space filler, and it's guys to throw at bigger guys who are supposed to be taken seriously. So. That, that's kind of how I feel about them. Like three man band was a tag team, but nobody was ever taking them seriously. You know, they end up being released. But um, so it, it's tough. You know, they got to keep some of these tag teams relevant and really get them going. They had who did they have? Uh, Big Show and Mark Henry. Oh, it's just ridiculous. Uh, that doesn't make any sense. But um, but yeah. So uh, you hope for the best with that. Um. Like I said, Dean Ambrose getting taken out with the cinder block thing. I thought that was super cool. Um, the cinder block thing was, was a cool look, and eh, I can only help think that uh, they got that from CZW. Uh, Moxley was there when they did the old uh, thumbtack Jack and DJ with the cinder blocks, which I'm sure DJ was fucking beaten off to that raw when he saw the cinder blocks. I'm like, they got that for me, like, you know. Because they did the cinder block gimmick and the thing, and you know, Mox was on the same tournament. But um, you know, I, I just like that things seem to get taken to a higher level with these guys who come from the Indies. Um, your your basic chair spot used to be, you know, a chair flat in the ring with a pretty basic move done on it. Maybe a, you know, a scoop slam on it and then maybe a guy would hit something off the top rope on the guy on the chair or something like that. Um, you go from that to a running power bomb on a pile of chairs in the middle of the ring. That's that's more indie stuff, you know what I mean? And it's just great to see it introduced into the WWE so readily now and it seems like a lot of these, you know, these chains have come off guys to be allowed to do more. And these guys 
seemingly, you know, are coming in with their ideas that they've seen on the Indies, and they're they're given the freedom to do it. So it's giving a lot more excitement to these different matches, and um, you know, the, I'm sure the Cinder Blocks were gimmick, but um, you know, it just looked cool. It looked devastating instead of every time, you know, the same kind of thing takes a guy out half the time. They used to take a guy out. You wouldn't even see what happened. You would just hear, oh, my God, they're down in the back. And you'd see, like, shit on top of them and no one to be found. And then who took them out? And now they're off TV. You know, now it, you could at least put some kind of devastating moves out there, some, some something visual to, you know, give you a reason to say, okay, well, that's why he's out. Remember that? Okay. So, um, yeah, it, it's cool stuff. And, um looking forward to see what they do with him you know when they come back hopefully he's not out too too long I guess if he's filming a movie it could be a little bit but uh, I'm sure the WWE being it's a WWE production could be worked around their schedule pretty cooperatively so um, yeah we'll have to see um, I think that's all the WWE talk I got I'm gonna take my other break and then I'm gonna come back and I'll do some talk about the CZW show coming up this weekend and that's that. to stay out of Charles Mansion. Took Abraham Lincoln through the Tar Bridge expansion. Willis reads the map that marked the spot showing. On his left, George Burns a blunt, Williams holding. Tara Bank the money that Shaka Khan the poor. Alicia Keyes is called for giving Melbourne more. For the Red Fox, she bought off the block but thought twice as Deborah Cox the gun cause she beat Kelly's price when Rosa parked the truck on the farm of Kim Fields. Linda tripped the trying to walk in Lawrence Hills. Water dripped out of Ferris Fawcett in the glass. She was super fly. Curtis Mayfield her ass. Chris Tucker to a show, Ted Turner to a hoe. Robert Dick's the beat, but ain't feeling the flow. But he signed fast for half of Johnny's cash. Need along for the album to drop. Cameras flash, Tom Sawyer at the Lucille Ball up in the foyer. He confronted Richard prior to hiring him his lawyer. Shook Knight, he moved the rug off the board. Don King was checked and out sharped in the sword. Wet and cream, I ain't wet and fame. Fame is the measure. Where stars are born The Saints marched in Curtis blow Lingers horn Tom Cruise the boulevard Chris rocked the song For the hundredth time They pressed rewind To the beginning They toast to the rhyme The juice spilled On John Lennon He took it to Elizabeth Tell her to dry clean The known seamstress Who was scheming On Al's green You know they shoot For the stars And buck wild Like the kids in the yard Who played with James Cow A blue titian lace Erica's bad dude Sean Cone through the evidence Just to get a clue The needle in the haystack From out of earth is kid Tiger would kill him once thrown in Brad Pitt. Jesse owing the money for the weed, Bubba Spark. Made his journey seem far as he walked in Dick Clark's. Jeffrey's line stuck with a thorn from George Bush. Paul pierced in the heart as the crowd pushed, acting alone. Drew very more bones of the victims, three blocks from Jim's brownstone. They shared the same bowl, he caught Natalie's cold. The producer threw the butter on Esther's roll. Lipsy rustled him down, got his jaw wired. In an instance, Brooke shields him from the gunfire. Angie stoned him to death with those Vocals keep sweat from the workout just from running local. Sweat and cream, I ain't waiting fame. Fame is the measure. Rap's a land. Place where stars are born. 
flew out of Nicholas Cage. Joe text messages from Satchel's page. Betty write letters with ink from Sean's pen. Infinite bars, you couldn't tell where the song end. Glenn close enough to quickly dub the tapes. Richard Gere rip while he was climbing Bill Gates. He was a southerner, posing as a native New Yorker. When Jason Kidd took his first steps in Jimmy's walker, he stayed online, chatting with rap celebs. Use Bernie's back to search Veronica's web. It cost them their life for the advice she gave. Now Pete Rose lay on Vanessa's red grave. CCW comes to you on uh, Echo. Uh, comes to you on Saturday with uh, heat. Um, apparently, there were complaints about the air conditioning and whatnot on last month's show, so they decided to just name the next show Heat. Uh, I guess that's one way to fix the air. Um, I, I had heard from people in attendance um, that it wasn't nearly as bad as people were making it and you know it, it was just over overblown as far as the uh, the temperature was that it was really normal it wasn't really uh, it wasn't intense uh, you know heat wise but you know and uh, so some of the things they have on that they have Pepper Parks and Cherry Bomb coming back who's you know is what it is there um, I've you know, explained how I felt about Pepper Parks uh, a lot in the past. Just not not a big fan. Um, Shane Strickland. Well, they have Shane Strickland labeled as also uh, also uh, you know performing, but actually Joe Gacy will be the uh, the odd man out of that. Um, Alex Colon against Latin Dragon, that should be good. Uh, those are two guys who, you know, were... Alex Colon was absolutely a staple in CZW's mid-card, and he's kind of been distant because I think he's he's moved over to Ohio. So, um, you know, he's a harder monthly book, and uh, you know, Latin Dragon was a guy who, you know, went to Mexico and did a lot of, you know, got got himself out there and did a lot of traveling and stuff. So he, he wasn't on the CZW cards as much. Um so, you know, it's, it's good to see those guys back around, and I think these guys will have a good match together. Um, uh, Greg Excellence wrestling Papa Don. I, I'm not a fan of Papa Don. I never have been. I don't think I ever will be. Um, Greg Excellence is an extremely talented wrestler. Um, he, he has a great ability to entertain as well as being a, a good wrestler. A lot of people just see him as a comedy wrestler, but he's a guy who could actually go in the ring as well as, you know, incorporating all that comedy into his uh, his stuff. Uh, Drew Gulak, you know, newly face-turned Drew Gulak up against Azriel, who's returning to the company. And um, this should be pretty interesting. I I do like a lot that uh, Drew is a face now, and Drew is very, very well aware of what the CZW fans like and what they want. 
and uh, I think he has a lot to offer as a face. Uh, he was a great heel because he would do the exact opposite. He would try to deprive the CZW fans of what they want, and uh, you know, he got his you know campaign for a better CZW, and he would always uh, you know try to turn things less hardcore, and he would try to you know do those type of things, and you know kind of, you know, right to censor type thing and uh, obviously would rile up the, the bloodthirsty fans. So, uh, but he knows how to make, you know, high impact shit and uh, stuff that's really going to get over with the fans and Azriel's a very talented wrestler. I'm not really sure what they're going to do with Azriel because they did that whole complete debacle with um, Four Loco turned into Murderer's Row and then they just disbanded the group and then kind of stopped booking everybody in the group. So, uh, really crazy. Uh, manager and everything. So, I haven't seen Chrissy since. Uh, anybody. It's, it's uh, you know, just be interesting to see what they actually do with Asriel. Is he face? Is he heel? I don't even know at this point. So, I think the two of them could really tear it up in the ring. So, that's that's definitely uh, something to look forward to. Um, yeah, but three-way dance and... Uh, it's one member of each tag team of the Juicy Product, Beaver Boys, and Ohio's for Killers. So I'm not sure if they've named the three, but at least on their uh, their page where they, they list the matches, they haven't named them on that page. So maybe a different one that I'm missing. But um, so that should be good. I mean, all three tag teams are awesome. So if you you know pair together different guys in those, you know. From those teams, I think it'll be a good three-way dance. Um, you have uh, Nation of Intoxication of Danny Havoc and Devin Moore versus Milk Chocolate of Randy Summers and Brandon Watts. I don't know much about Milk Chocolate. I just know those were the two guys that uh, Chris Dickinson absolutely squashed single-handedly. So um, I don't know if this is going to be just a big squash or they're going to try to make it a competitive match, but... You know, you always wonder when you allow one guy to kill two guys in a tag team. Well, how how are they gonna look against another tag team? So, um, should be interesting. Um, the next match is for the CW Wired Championship, and it's Shane Strickland versus Lucky Thirteen. A um, little bit of issue I have with this is they had Shane Strickland was the champion. They booked him versus Lucky, and. Apparently, they had a title change on a student show, on the Dojo Wars student show. So they had Joe Gacy win the Wired title. And this was, I guess, after last CDW show. Um, so then they, they put on the website, okay, now Joe Gacy is going to defend the title against Lucky 13 because he's the champion now which I was really, really happy about because that was the match that I was calling for, and, and I thought that those two would work really well together, just size and styles and, um, you know, the different things that they can offer in the ring. So I was, I was actually like, oh, wow, look at that. And uh, then they turn around at the next student show, still before, the you know, this show happened, they gave the title back to Shane Strickland. So then they... T- <laughs> They changed the title twice on more or less, you know, house shows, and um, which, you know, I'm only calling them that, but, um, you know, student show. Uh, and then they, they, they switched the title back to him, and then they changed it on the website again. Now now uh, Shane Strickland's playing lucky, but Joe Gacy will have something else. So I don't even know why I changed it on the website, you know. Just leave it on the website as if, ah, oh, we didn't get around to changing it, and then when they jump back on the uh, – 
you know, the title change again, well, then it actually went back to normal. It, or, or, or put something up there saying, who knows what will happen with that match against Lucky now that he's lost his title, you know, and, and before, you know, boom. It just just seems uh, kind of sloppy. And the main event is uh, the champion Biff Busick taking on Joker, which is going to be fucking awesome. That shit is going to be stiff as hell, and uh, that is... 100% worth the price of the pay-per-view and um, high pay-per-view or ticket to go into the billing, whatever the case is. Uh, that shit right there is going to be fucking awesome. There's no maybes about it. Those two guys are going to knock the shit out of each other. So uh, I highly recommend checking that out or catching it on a, the high pay-per-view replay or whatever. Um, they have a new stream which I'm pretty worried about CCW has this problem where when something is working well they, they have to find something else um, they're doing it on high spots and uh, I think it's uh, the the link is streamccw.com and it's powered by highspots.tv I've heard horrible things about high spots I pay per view streams uh, RF Video is doing a fantastic job as much as I hate R RF himself. Uh, he was doing a fantastic job with his iPay-Per-Views. The streams were really, really good. They didn't lag. Uh, really, barely any difficulties with it at all. Um, really on point. So I guess they probably found something cheaper. High spots, probably cheaper. Or something along these lines where they're going through them instead. I don't know the technical details behind it, but, you know, same thing like they had SmartMark Video um, doing their video, you know, their, their taping. And um, they decided that it was easier and better for them financially to do it on their own, and now everything that's not a hard cam looks like someone with a seizure disorder is filming it. And, uh, you know, it, it doesn't make any fucking sense. That might somehow be better for you financially but it makes the company look like shit same thing if this thing goes off and that stream is choppy as hell and completely unwatchable and you're given refunds on sunday well then whatever you made you know financial decision and shit i'm not even sure it's the financial you know reasoning behind their switch but if you, if you're handing out refunds on sunday you might want to reconsider you know your decision to do that it, it's just crazy but Anyway, hopefully the stream works well, because so, that's what I'm going to be watching on Saturday. And um, definitely check that out. Um, and uh, I think that's about all I got. Definitely want to give my shout-outs to uh, you know, the dudes over there at the Wrestling Soup. They'll be back together doing their thing, 7.15 tomorrow night. Uh, check out uh, Sports Den, which uh, these guys run like marathon shows. They'll be doing a show from now until Sunday when the football comes on. These guys, man, I, I tried checking out their show the other day because, you know, I actually, you know, I've always been honest about what I listen to and, you know, what I don't. And uh, I plug my guys every week, but I don't listen to the Sports Den when it's not football season because I don't give a shit about baseball. And, or hockey or any of that stuff so I, I clearly cannot listen to a bunch of dudes talk intelligently but about a sport that I really don't watch at all so football season I'm right back on the sports den and I, I turn on in like four and a half hour show Jesus Christ guys you know so uh, but yeah man they, they cover every 
every avenue of every every topic they're on there. They they cover sports as as a whole. I don't even watch Sports Center because you know it just it covers so many things, and I've I've just gotten picky in my old age. And I like my football and I like my basketball. I'm obsessive about football, but to the point where when I'm done watching my football coverage on Sunday and I've seen this and this, I don't need continuous recaps on the games. I I watch that shit. So, and, you know, the red zone, and now I'm going to be on every minute of my Niner game. So, uh, yeah, I, you know, that that's what's up. But, man, those guys, they go in. They uh, they get some great guests. You know, uh, they have, I think, a, a fantasy football expert coming on uh, tonight. And, uh, you know, a bunch of things. I also joined uh, two fantasy football leagues, one being the Sports Fan League and another one that uh, Paul Doobie over there has part in so uh yeah i'll be doing some fantasy stuff for sure and um last but not least stern nation because without them you would not be hearing me today uh tonight um andrew are you there in the background yeah yeah i'm here um so what you guys got on deck for this week uh right now it looks like saturday morning we're doing our show uh george takei was in this week so we'll be talking about that uh, you just mentioned fantasy football. We'll be briefly talking about it because the ESPN fantasy football guru, Matthew Barry, was in. I can't talk about that yeah. stuff too long because, you know, Stephanie doesn't isn't really into that. So uh, right. re- real quick. And uh, so uh, then everything else that happened this week we'll be discussing. Awesome. Yeah, so obviously check that out. If you're on this feed, you already know. But um, I can't thank you enough, Andrew, um, coming through any clutch for me, and uh, listen, much, listen, much appreciated. Listen, man, you, you told me yesterday, like, man, I might have to go on a hiatus for a little bit. I'm like, don't be stupid, man. Just don't, let, let, let me do it for you. That's what, that's what, you know, that's what we do. So uh, it's no problem at all. Um, but I did want to plug something else. If that's our, well, it's my, cha- it's my channel, so it is alright. Uh, go to tweaked go to tweakedaudio.com. Uh, if you use your promo code Nation, uh, you're going to get 33% off and uh, free shipping and a limited lifetime warranty. Uh, they're good headphones. That's what that's what we use. So um, uh, check them out. And I did want to mention earlier. You mentioned something about them promoting the network on the pay per view. Uh, right. I, I think that's because it's still on pay per view. It's still on like cable. A few cable companies. So, oh, okay. so for those few people who might be um, watching it through Comcast, or remind or remind the people who are still stealing streams that like, hey, you can get this legally for nine ninety nine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if they're stealing streams still if they're going anywhere near ten dollars, but if someone's paying fifty dollars for pay per view still, then yeah, they should probably. Especially when it's nine ninety nine a month, you know, like I mean, it's a it's a silly thing, but it's just like. Like the way I when it first came out, I was like, minimally I'll get Royal Rumble and WrestleMania every year, so Absolutely. like pretty much right in that it pays for itself. If all I got was those, those two, but then you get like all the other pay per views, all the other stuff that they have, and you know financially it just makes sense. Yeah, and and for me too, the biggest thing that popped me right off the bat is man, I, I don't you know I'm 36. This technology blows my mind sometimes, and. You know, things that, you know, as a kid, even as a teenager, you wouldn't even fathom 10 years ago that, wow, I have the WWE pay-per-view on my iPad. I'm sitting outside by the fire watching 
you know, watching a pay-per-view. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, I can't even, you know, fathom that. Like, what, what would that even, that, you know, statement would sound crazy 10 years ago. You'd be like, what do you mean you're going to watch a pay-per-view outside and, uh, you know, be able to walk around with it and stuff like that. So that's amazing to me. And DirecTV is going to allow me to do that, too. So I'm going to be even more overwhelmed. But I literally, awesome. I mean, even, I literally have... Feed, I couldn't even do that. I literally have seven devices in my house that I can watch the WWE Network on. <laughs> and, awesome. like, and it's just like... All, even if you're not even into the current stuff, it's like, you're, you know, like you mentioned your age and I'm the same age. And it's like... If if you stopped watching after the Attitude Era, you get all that Attitude Era shit on there too, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Just the, the amount of stuff that you can walk around, like even beyond the WWE Network. Like I said, Directv is going to allow me to watch stuff outside, and uh, yeah. uh, that Amazon Prime thing, you can watch a ton of shows on that. It just amazes me. I could just sit, you know, way away from where my television is without installing some kind of you know outside yard TV. <laughs> You're sitting and, in the DMV or something. Yeah, it's, you know? it's pretty awesome. Yeah. But yeah, man, I think that's all I got for tonight. So, like I said, thank you again, and definitely uh, be doing this again next week. All right, man. Yeah, we'll be here on. Uh, if you're listening on the download, if you're listening live, it'll be on us. You can just go to sternnationpodcast.com. Um, that's just the redirect I have to our Ustream page. Um, or if you just want to keep listening on the download, uh, you also get Star Nation on there, um, on that feed. You'll also get, um, I do another wrestling show once a month with, uh, Joe Muski from Stern Facebook Superfans. Uh, we do that usually the week before the pay-per-view every month, so, uh, you can check those out as well. Yeah, absolutely. And have a good night, everybody. You too. There's a cat in the house. Cat in the house. What's he get is a cat in the house. Kick Radio. Tell them all, back on top, think about it. Fuck Hulk Hogan. These motherfuckers are geniuses. Keep it up, I'm a nigga. What the fuck? But you go to the back, and you tell your boss that there's a new Yakuza in town. And it's Yakuza Kick Radio. And we're taking over.